9 to 9, 12 hours a day, 6 days a week. What do I think about it? I love it. It's something I have done most of my life. He said, unless you're working from 9 to 9, 12 hours a day, six days a week. He said, you cannot be my brother. And I immediately went, yep, got that. Episode 194. What do you think about a 12-hour workday, six days a week? You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. With 1.7 million listens and downloads and growing every week, this is The Game Changers with Jason Jennings, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and USA Today, best-selling author of eight books on leadership, growth, innovation, speed, and reinvention. It's the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. Jason, great to be with you today, and this is a fun topic. Uh, it's going to be a fun topic. It'll be interesting to see which side of the issue both of us, uh, land on. But before we, uh, jump in, uh, again this week, uh, what most of our listeners probably don't know is that, uh, I am in the San Francisco Bay Area. Dale is in Boise, Idaho. And again this week, uh, I saw that Boise was again named by yet another poll or another study to be the number one most livable city, uh, in America. What's going on in Boise, Idaho? My neighbors all want me to say right now, oh, you didn't see that. That's not out there. That does not exist. <laughs> but uh, yes, it, it, this is really an amazing place to live. I've, I was born and raised here, moved to the East Coast, came back, thought it was just going to be a brief stint in my career path and f- fell in love with it all over again. And, and my wife and I said, hey, this is, this is home. So it... Uh, it is, it's a really cool place and, and it's growing so fast. We did a project and I was talking with the State Department of Commerce and uh, they said there are 112 people a day moving into this area that we call here the Treasure Valley, which is basically the greater Boise metro area. Wow. So that's like, so, a, that's like uh, 4,000, 4,000, 5,000 more people a year. Exactly. It is wow. a, um, where we are busting at the seams. You can tell it on the roads. Uh, I don't know that we have the infrastructure for it, but it's, it just continues to grow. It's a, it's a great quality of life. If you like outdoors, there's hiking and biking and boating and kayaking and we have water. I was just in the mountains yesterday and the water is flowing everywhere. So it is, um, it's just great for, great for families. What's, what, what's the population? The total population. I think Boise, I have not been paying attention to population signs, but uh, total population for the state is, I'm guessing, around 2 million. That's yes. wide, and it's a, it's a large geographic area that you're looking at if you look at a map. And the Boise, just Boise proper, I think it's about 300,000, if I'm not wow. mistaken. Okay. But then in, the, in this greater area, you're probably closer to... A half million? Uh, a million. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, between, between 750 to a million in this Treasure Valley area, I'm guessing. And like I wow. said, I'm sure somebody listening is going to do their quick research on census. I wasn't prepared to give you those numbers, but those are rough estimate guesses. Somewhere wow. in that range. So uh, I, I have not been to Boise for years, but I've got to get back and check it out. It is. It's worth it. It's worth a, it's worth a trip to say hello. All right. We'll get that done. All right. So um, I... I saw this article this week that Jack Ma says it's a nine nine six, which is um, 
he thinks that you need to be working uh, these 12 hour days, six days a week, basically 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. And that's the nine, nine, six days a week. I'm a bit conflicted, to be honest. All right. I think I see it as a pendulum. And I think in Europe and the United States, the pendulum has swung too far to we need shorter days, more vacations, and we're losing sight of taking pride in our work and being more focused on how do I do less and get more. And then you see this, which is the 996 system. So I, I was curious what you thought about that. All right. Okay. Um, yeah. First of all, I want to talk a little bit about Jack Ma and Alibaba. One of the surprising things I, I find when I'm traveling and speaking in the United States and being with groups of business people, uh, nobody seems to be familiar with Alibaba and nobody seems to be familiar with Jack Ma. Now, you and I are, but you and I study business. Uh, most people really don't know anything about Alibaba. So let me, let me set that up first. Uh, uh, Jack Ma was an English school teacher, and uh, he was working with a group of about 12 of his students when they founded Alibaba. So what is Alibaba? Well, it's a Chinese multinational company that specializes, and this is going to sound vaguely familiar to Amazon, in e-commerce, retail, internet, and technology. And what they do is they provide uh, consumer to consumer, business to business, and business to consumer, and then, much like Amazon, uh, cloud computing services. The company is worth $500 billion. It's one of only 10 companies in the world to be able to say that. But the thing that stands out most and, and why I have been following it for years is uh, just like Amazon has created a couple of holidays uh, designed to incite sales, well, so has uh, Alibaba. And every year on November 11th, 11-11, they have a 24-hour sale called Singles Day. And presumably that's for everybody who's single is supposed to buy their girlfriend or boyfriend or wannabe girlfriend or boyfriend a gift. Now listen to this. In 2018, they generated $30 billion in sales in one day. And Dale, they generated the first billion dollars in sales in one minute and 25 seconds. Think about the infrastructure, the think about it. technology think about it. that requires to be ah, able to do that. Yeah, that think is about, amazing. Think about the enormity, uh, the enormity of this. And uh, Jack Ma is a is a fascinating character. Uh, in addition to being a proponent of the twelve hour workday, six days a week, uh, he's got some other business lessons he teaches as well. Uh, number one is don't wait for society to be ready. He said society doesn't know what in the hell they want or when they want it, so the company has to take the lead. And then he says life is not supposed to be easy, and you need to be fearless. And then he said, and don't learn to be successful. He said the way you become successful is by learning from your failures. He's a, he's a rather outspoken man. But nine, uh, nine to nine, 12 hours a day, six days a week, what do I think about it? I love it. I love it. It's something I have done most of my life. But what he said, interestingly enough, in that interview on CNBC, he said, unless you're working from nine to nine, 12 hours a day, six days a week, he said, you cannot be my brother. And I immediately went, 
Yep, got that. Know where that came from. And I may have years ago on this very podcast intoned this, but in my very first book, it's not the big that eat the small, it's the fast that eat the slow. Uh, on the dedication page, I quoted something from Henry V. It's very, very short. And so I'm going to read it. I'm going to try to interpret it. And I want you to listen very carefully. Uh, here is what uh, William Shakespeare wrote. He said, we few, we happy few, we band of brothers. For he today that sheds his blood with me shall be my brother. Be he ne'er so vile, this day shall gentle his condition. And gentlemen in England now abed shall think themselves accursed that they were not here. And they'll hold their manhoods cheap while any speaks that fought with us on St. Crispin's Day. And this is when that ragtag bunch of soldiers were taking on far greater forces. And he invoked, we band of brothers. Dale, here's what I would tell you. Uh, when I started college, I was doing a morning radio program at a radio station. So uh, I would be up at three or four o'clock in the morning on the air from six until nine and then attending classes. Well, over the course of about the first year, I basically ended up running the radio station. So there I was doing a morning show from six until nine, attending classes, getting good grades, um, running the radio station. And then in the evening, uh, because we tatted ourselves as being a, a big news talk station, uh, everybody on everybody on staff, we probably had 15 or 20 people on staff, but everybody was assigned a school board meeting, a city council meeting, a city commission meeting. I was probably going 18 hours a day. Let me tell you something. I have some of the fondest memories of my life were when I was working 12 to 18 hours a day. When I bought my first radio station uh, in Arizona, it was the exact same thing. When I founded Jennings McLaughlin and Company, the consulting company, we all worked routinely 12 to 18 hours a day. And I have nothing but fond, fond memories. Today, when I do a book, let me tell you, they are certainly 12-hour days, and I have nothing but fond of some pull-out-your-hair days, but overall, I've got nothing but fond, fond memories of those 12-hour days. But here's what Jack Ma was saying. He said, when you find your passion, it's not work. When you find your passion, it is not work. When you find your passion, you want more and more of it. Now, look, the bottom line is, uh, according to the Gallup poll of the American workplace, 76% of American workers uh, are either not engaged or actively disengaged from their work, i.e., they don't like what they do. Now, I think if you ask someone, who doesn't like what they do to work a 12 hour day, six days a week, I think you're sentencing them to death. I mean, if they don't like what they do in eight hours a day, it must be horrible to consider doing a 12 hours a day, six days a week. But my thought on that is those 76% of the people who are not engaged or actively disengaged from their work are not bad people. It means that 76% of employers in America have their heads up their butt and do it the wrong way because they don't allow people to find their passion. They don't allow people to be engaged. They don't create cultures where people want to be engaged. They don't have a purpose. It's dull, boring, monotonous, repetitive work. I can't even imagine 
doing dull, boring, monotonous, repetitive work 12 hours a day. That'd kill you. I mean, you couldn't do it. I mean, you'd crack up. Your productivity, I mean, would go down the toilet. But what Ma was saying is when you find your passion, then it's, it's, it's writing a book has never been work. Being on the road doing speeches has never been work. Running a radio station as a young man was never work. Uh, being the youngest owner of a radio station in America was never work. When you find your passion, you don't care the time that you spend. But now, l- l- let me say this. To make it work, uh, you and I have talked about this many times. The number one thing in my life has been my family. That's number one. Number two is health. Number three is my work. And so some people are probably saying you cannot tout being a family guy or family being important. I mean, if you're working from nine to nine, six days a week, and I wholeheartedly disagree. So to be able to be engaged in your passion 12 hours a day, six days a week, or whatever it takes, the one, there has to be an end goal in mind. You can't say, I'm 22 years of age, I'm out of school, I'm going to work 12 hours a day, six days a week for the rest of my life, just for the sake of working 12 hours a day, six days a week. There has to be an end goal. I remember when I was getting ready to do that first book that I just quoted uh, to you from, it's not the big that eat the uh, small, it's the fast that eat the slow, family sat down and I said, uh, if, if I can write this book, and if this book can become a bestseller, it will be a life changer that will totally change the trajectory of my career. It'll be the most impactful thing that ever happens. But let's talk about what it's going to take. It's going to take one year of research. So in addition to all the speeches I do, I'm going to be gone a lot of the time on the research front. And then once the research is done, I'm going to be locked in my study much of the time writing the book. And then when the book comes out, I have to sell the book like you can't imagine. I've got to be out there making it happen because I've got to create a New York Times bestseller. But here's the potential payoff. So I think what you have to do is you have to have that end goal in mind and, and doing honorable work that you're passionate about. Number two, you have to bring your family and friends along for the journey. I don't know if you saw, Dale, that this week, Zoom went public. Uh, $3.2 billion. Uh, Eric Yan, uh, or Juan, uh, is the uh, CEO of Zoom. Uh, you're the guy that got me on Zoom. I'm, uh, I'm the biggest disciple uh, in the world uh, for, for Zoom. I think it's the greatest platform on the planet. Uh, but, but he's an amazing guy. Uh, he's, he's also from China. He was denied an entry visa into the United States nine times. He finally got here. He worked for WebEx. Uh, they were one of the first companies that were doing group meetings online. And, uh, and he thought the platform was seriously flawed. And so he wanted to build technology. He wanted to build a company. Uh, he, he says that he wanted to be able to pick up a mobile device and talk to his then girlfriend any place, anytime, uh, when she was also on her phone too. No, no desktops, no elaborate uh, equipment. He just wanted to be able to do it on the telephone. And uh, so now let me tell you something about him. So when they went public this week, uh, he ended up with a net worth close. I, I think it was $775 million or something. The guy is notorious uh, for working nonstop. But there was a little sidebar. One of his sons is a pretty good basketball player. He has never 
you're going to think I'm going to say he's never missed his son's basketball game. No, he's never missed his son's basketball games. He's never missed a practice. He goes to every practice and watches every practice. So you see, you have to bring your family and friends along for the journey. So he works. A practice takes about 90 minutes. He takes 90 minutes off. He goes and watches his son's practice. Then he goes back to work. Um, so you have to bring your family and friends along on the journey of, of passion-filled work. Uh, next, you've got to take care of your health. Uh, if, if, if you're working a dozen hours a day, six days a week, uh, you have to be in the gym uh, an hour a day, and you have to move. I mean, you've got to keep physically moving to take care of yourself, and you have to sleep and eat well. And I'll tell you what, if you're moving, if you're taking care of your body, if you're eating and sleeping well, and the rest of your life is filled with passion and bringing your family and friends along on the journey, I'd say you're, I, I'm with Jack Ma. You're very lucky to be able to work 12 hours a day, six days a week. Those are my thoughts. So now let's get your take. That's a fantastic perspective. And I would say I am with you 100% on that. So, oh, no, I thought you were going to fight me. I, I know. Well, I, but I'm going to now I'm going to come to I'm going to come to the side of the listeners who are mid-level or entry level in their jobs in these large businesses. The 76% yes. of the companies that just suck because they are not engaging their workforce. And, and I well, and let's let's pause right there and say you gave us some great nuggets. If you're leading a company. You need to find a way to connect the purpose of the company to every person there. And we've already talked about the fact that if a person inside your organization, if your purpose is not abundantly clear, get it clear. Number one, if your per- if your purpose is something that employees are not aligned with, get them out. And then yep. you can start working on that. And we've got podcasts. I learned that from you and in, in these conversations. So, for this, for those companies, the persons who's sitting there saying, "Well, I'm not allowed to do that." There's regulation, federal and state regulation, that says I can only have somebody working in my organization X number of hours a day, eight hours a day. Um, I can't afford the overtime if they if they spend more time. Um, or the person who is entry level, mid level in the organization saying, "I don't know where to start to find the passion." Okay. Help us with those folks. All right. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you a slow waltz around the room uh, to get there. Okay. Uh, and that is this. There, there's been uh, something that really isn't discussed anymore, uh, or it's not a huge issue anymore, uh, and that is the minimum wage. Why? Because people were not going to work for seven, eight, nine dollars an hour. They weren't going to do it. And so they didn't take the jobs. And so what happened? I mean, Walmart is paying $15 an hour. Target is paying $15 an hour minimum starting wage. Amazon is paying 15, hoping that their competitor, Jeff Bezos, just said, I hope somebody will come up with a starting wage higher than ours. So then we'll have to match them. Uh, the Chamber of Commerce has stopped advocating against an increase in the minimum wage. More and more companies have stopped the fight against an increase in the minimum wage because the rules of the marketplace dictate that they're going to have to have people. Look, I just read something. Uh, nationally, I guess unemployment is about 3.8 or 4%. Uh, in the area that I live, it's, it's about 2%. I just read that this morning. Th- there is, you know, 
everybody gets to make a choice in life. I understand that there are a whole bunch of people who don't want to set the world on fire, uh, who don't want to change the world, who don't want to make the world a better place. And maybe they want the world to be a better place, but they don't want to make the sacrifice to make the world a better place. I know that there are some people who just want to have a job, want their wife or husband to have a job, want to have a small little tiny house, want to live close to their parents where they grew up, keep the same circle of family, friends for the rest of their life, and just be very child-focused and church-focused and community-focused. And I think that's fine. I'm not suggesting for a moment that those people should be made to work 12 hours a day. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% opposed to that. But what I'm saying, you asked specifically, what about some of these 76% who are locked into purposeless jobs, into bad companies that don't provide purpose, don't provide engagement, don't provide the road to advancement, and you're frustrated, well, I I just think I've laid out the case. Leave. Leave. Be Jeff Bezos. Be Steve Jobs. Be Jack Ma. Leave. Go out and make something happen. Go out and make something happen. Find your passion. Find your passion. And, 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 and again, I understand, <laughs> financially speaking, many people can't say, well, boss, this is a purposeless, meaningless job, and I'm out of here when they have rent to pay. I mean, it'll take some planning. But, I mean, be the master of your own destiny. Take charge. I mean, this has never been a better time to find another position with a purpose-driven company in the history of the world. And that's exactly where your 12-hour workday comes in. You can go to the company, spend the eight hours, but then you've got four more hours to improve your skills, to learn something new, to get better, to find your passion. And if you purposefully invest those four to five hours a day on that, talent makes a place for itself every time. Yep. I saw saw something uh, a number of years ago. I've never forgotten it. Uh, You probably heard the same thing. Uh, I think people use this as part of an argument. And it said, there's never been a person laying dying on their bed who said, I wish I would have spent more time at work. And I think that's self-serving. And uh, I think it's designed to come down on the wrong side of an argument. My argument is that the greatest gift you could ever have would be family, health, and something that you are so passionate about that you want to spend as much time as you possibly can. I will never regret any of the 12-hour days, six days a week that I worked. And if you plan it, you can have great friendships great family relationships at the same time. Nothing has to suffer. And one of the reasons nothing will have to suffer is because you'll be the happiest person with the biggest smile on your face and you'll be fun to be around. Amen, brother. (laughs) That is fantastic. Okay. Any final thoughts for us? Uh, Yeah. Well, I guess it's a summation of everything we've talked about today. And and it's this. Uh, My thought for the day is this. The only way to do great work is to love what you do. Find something you love. Absolutely. Thank you for that. That's a great wake-up call. And um, you won me over. Absolutely. So it was a fun, fantastic conversation. 
I'll remind folks really quick that while you are there in your podcast listening app, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. If you think this podcast would help somebody you know, somebody that's stuck in one of those 70 76% of jobs uh, where people are disengaged, forward this podcast. Encourage them to subscribe to this podcast. You can do it in your favorite podcast listening app. You can also do it at jason-jennings.com slash iTunes. It's really easy to do right there on the website. And if you would like to share with Jason how you work 12 hours a day, or maybe share with him and us your disagreement with this whole concept that he just laid out, uh, Jason at JasonJennings.com. Jason at Jason-Jennings.com is the email address. I will say, keep it brief. Am I right? Thank you. (laughs) Keep it brief. A few sentences makes life really easy when you're dealing with the volume of email that is arriving in Jason's inbox on a hourly basis. So uh, anything you want to add to that since it is your email address that I'm giving out? Um, Not mine. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's rather interesting. Um, Every, everybody I've uh, most people I know have a couple of email addresses and uh, I've just, Never done that. I have one, uh, Jason at Jason-Jennings.com. And I do get back to everybody. I, I, Dale was laughing and making, uh, suggesting that you keep your comments short or to a few lines or a paragraph or two, because I was, I sent him an email yesterday saying, uh, I wish we'd do away with email and everybody had to text in one line. Uh, this week, for some reason, I have no idea what it was. I have been inundated, inundated and CC'd on Hundreds and hundreds of emails I didn't need to be CC'd on. I uh, This week was an out-of-control week. But listen, I'd love to hear from everyone. Mm, remember that. Jason Jennings is the author who USA Today has called one of the three most in-demand business speakers in the world. Learn how your group or company can have Jason keynote your next event. Visit the website. Once again, jason-jennings.com. This is The Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.